Everything is inspired by the teachings of His Divine Grace, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada, who is the founder of Charity the International Society for Krishna Consciousness. Om our topic today is set times. There's an appointed time for everything. In life, have you found it to be true that we spend most of our time in the waiting rooms, waiting for that dream to come to pass, waiting to meet the right person, waiting for that problem to turn around? Maybe tomorrow, maybe next week, or maybe five years from now. When you realize that the time has already been set by the Supreme, takes all the pressure off. You won't live worried, wondering when or ever it's going to happen. You'll relax, enjoy your life. This is where faith has to kick in. Krishna or God promises set times for the fulfillment of our God-centered dreams in the future, but he doesn't tell us when they'll come. Your set time for that problem you've been worrying about for months or maybe even years could be at 9.47 tomorrow morning. You'll get that phone call that you've been hoping for since 1985. <laughs> My question is, do you trust Krishna or God enough to believe that your set times are en route? Are you willing, in the meantime, to wait with a good attitude, knowing that they're on the way? Someone said, patience is not just the ability to wait, but the ability to wait with a good attitude, with expectation. Prabhupada's spiritual master says, anything valuable takes a long time to fructify. Nuts like almonds, macadamians, walnuts, coconuts, take a long time. There is no harm in waiting for the best thing. The trick in our own lives is not to get discouraged. Oh, I'll never meet the boy or girl of my dreams. I'll never get well. I'll never get that promotion. I've been passed over so many times already. I'll never open that temple. Hey, our message today is zip that up and know that those who trust in God enter into peace, enter into a rest. General Douglas MacArthur was one of the great heroes of World War II. He was admired by a lot of people and well-loved, especially by the people of the Philippines. And one reason for their admiration and love for him was that he kept an important promise. When the Japanese invasion forced MacArthur to retreat from the Philippines, he promised he would return. Standing in the water in March of 1942, before he embarked on a voyage to the safety of Australia, the general promised, I shall return. And he did. October 1944, when he landed back on the islands, MacArthur spoke the words that meant so much to the Philippine people. I have returned by the grace of Almighty God. Our forces stand again on the Philippine soil. He kept his word. 
he had fulfilled his promise. Wouldn't you agree with me that that's one of the things that we greatly admire in people? Honesty, integrity. When people give us their word, we like to think that we're going to be able to depend on it. When a teenager tells his parents he'll be home by 11 p.m., they want to be able to trust that he'll walk in the door at that set time. When a fellow worker promises they'll get something done, the co-workers want to know that they can count on that worker following through and keeping their word. When a preacher promises that this talk will be over before 6 p.m., you would like to be able to depend upon it. It's a wonderful thing. It's one of the best things in life to be able to take someone's word and count on it. Society wouldn't run otherwise to be able to take people at their word. A promise goes a long way in enhancing personal relationships of all kinds, worker to co-worker, parents to children, husbands and wives who are faithful to each other, can endure all kinds of outside stress because even if they can't count on others, they can count on each other. The friends who keep their promises to each other have relationships that last a lifetime. And the companies that keep their promises to their workers have loyal employees who give their best. We have a God who is faithful, a God who always keeps his word, a God who never, ever betrays our trust. When Krishna, God, makes a promise, that promise is always kept. Now, this is a fundamental idea. God is faithful. We can count on Krishna being true to his word. Now, he may not keep his word on our timetable. But once he establishes a set time, we can absolutely trust him that bring it to pass. But we have to do our part. Believe God will do what he says he will do. Believe that your answer is already on the way. Believe that the right opportunities have already been set in your future. One day... In January of 1970, I walked into a cafe in Singapore, sat down at a big round table with a bunch of guys from different countries, Israel, Belgium, Italy, Sweden. I was sitting facing the entrance. A few minutes later, a beautiful girl appeared framed in the doorway. She was all alone. She was looking for a place to sit down. And there was one vacant chair at our table right next to my chair. I jumped up with a flourish, pulled out the chair for her to sit on. What was that? A set time. Now, many years later, Bai confided to me that her first thought when I did that was, he would make a good husband. Another set time came in March of that same year. I met Upendra, a Hare Krishna missionary, on a street, downtown Australia, George Street, as I was being spewed out of Winyard Station at Rush Hour. Now, I'd been to India a year earlier in an effort to make a spiritual connection there. And even though I spent a couple of months in India traveling around that time, I did not make my connection. Why? 
India would seem the perfect place, but it was not my set time. Now, Krishna also, for you all, has set times in your life. At the appointed time, it will arrive. Not maybe, not I hope so. If you honored the Lord, as we do by chanting His holy names, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare, it's already been put on the calendar. Now, as the head of a church, it's important for me to remember people's birthdays and anniversaries. But I'm not very good at that. So imagine the boon to me and probably pastors all over the world to be able to just enter it as an annual recurring date in the Google calendar. I enter it and I don't have to spend any more mental energy or stress trying to remember it because once I enter it, it's not on me anymore, it's on Google. <laughs> Similarly, you don't need to stress out and worry about the arrival of your God-centered dreams. It's not on you, it's on God. Work hard to be sure, but don't worry in the process. Don't get impatient. Don't try to force results before their time. Let go and let God. Your destiny will show up on God's timetable. It will not come one second too early, nor one second too late. God is not a random God. He's a precise God. He lined up a solution to your problem years before your problem arose. This Spanish Fork Temple opened to the public June 23rd, 2001. That was a time and date set by the Lord even before he created the universe. It's not an ordinary time. It was a set time ordained by the Almighty Lord. And I know one Utah Valley resident who knew that. His name was Bishop John Coyle, the visionary behind the dream mind. He sat up on the porch of his little white house, which you can see, well, you can't see it because of the snow. He pointed to this hill. This is like 50 years ago. And he said, one day there'll be a great temple on that hill. <laughs> he didn't mention it wouldn't be a Mormon temple, but anyway. To come into these set times, all you have to do is be good even when people aren't being good to you. To make good choices, make the right decisions, plant healthy seeds, and at the appointed times, you will taste the harvested fruits. The faith that you plant in the unseen world will manifest eventually in the seen world. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. Hari Ram, Hari Ram, Ram Ram, Hari. The microscopic seed of a banyan tree has within it the entire blueprint of that fully grown tree, which may end up spanning several acres of land. Such a huge tree is not going to manifest overnight. It will take some time. We need to trust Krishna or God's timing. If it hasn't happened yet, it doesn't mean something's wrong. It doesn't mean that... Krishna, God is mad at you. It doesn't mean that he's gone on vacation. It doesn't mean that it's never going to work. He's already established the time down to the split second. Don't worry. Don't live frustrated. Stay in peace.
In the Bhagavad Gita, Name Bhakti Pranasati, Krishna promises that his devotees will receive solutions to their problem, vindication, health, dreams come to pass, restoration, but he never tells us when. Wouldn't it be so much easier if we knew in advance when our set times were? Wouldn't it? But the problem, that wouldn't take any faith. That wouldn't take any trust. It takes faith to say, Krishna, I don't know when you'll do it, but I trust that you will do it. I trust that the set times are already in my future. Present-day society programs us for immediacy. Lord, oh, don't make me wait, Lord. Don't make me wait. Anything but that. However, the eternal wisdom is that it is through faith and patience that we inherit our dreams and come into our set times. Lord, I not only believe for big things, but I also believe in your timing. Not going to get discouraged if it doesn't happen immediately. I believe you wouldn't have sent this delay unless there was a very, very good reason for it. While you're waiting, don't make the mistake of trying to take things into your own hands, hurry God along, and try to force things to happen. We have an example of this in the Srimad Bhagavatam. According to the Vedic culture, there's a certain time of the month when a woman is most likely to conceive. Pious Indians will do their religious exercises early in the morning. They'll chant Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Ram, Hare Ram, Ram Ram, Hare. They'll purify their consciousness throughout the day. And then they will go into the room, bedroom, with the express idea of conceiving a highly evolved spiritual child. Because their consciousness is purified and the soul which is going to be attracted to the womb of the mother, like iron filings are attracted to the magnet, the soul will be of like disposition. So when the consciousness is pure, then they hope to attract a pure soul who will grow up to be very honest, full of integrity, a good citizen and a good son. That's the process. But it only happens once every 30 days or so, or twice, two days in 30 days. If you wait for it, you're going to get a special son. But if you can't wait, if you just have to do it in the back seat on a Saturday night at the movie theater with a half-empty liquor bottle, I'm afraid you're not going to get a saintly offspring. I hate to break it to you. There were two sisters, Diti and Aditi. Diti waited and at the right time with her husband had saintly demigods, shining, effulgent, living beings with a history in their past lives of piety, righteousness. But her sister, Aditi, couldn't wait. See her? You can just imagine what the conversation is. Her husband is saying, Honey, I will fulfill your desires, but let's wait another 15 days. I know you're burning, but this is not going to be good. It's not going to work out. Just let me, let me finish this vow. Honey, and gradually, you know, they say, The man is like butter, and the woman is like fire. So this poor block of butter <laughs> could only hold out so long before he succumbed 
to the lusty desires of his wife. And when their child was born, far from being a saintly person, there were thunderstorms and lightning and black cats going everywhere, <laughs> things passing on the left side rather than the right side, which is inauspicious. Far from being a spiritualist and far from valuing saintliness and righteousness, his name was, just to show you what his priorities were, Hiranya Kashipu. Hiranya meant gold, and Kashipu means soft bed. That's what she had because she couldn't wait for her second time. Her son eventually caused so much havoc in the universe that he was described, metaphorically speaking, as a case of meningitis in the heads of the universe. That's the difference between waiting for Krishna to give you something and trying to force things. Forcing things is a constant struggle. Forcing things is a burden. You can't ever seem to get it right on your own. But if you let God do it his way and in his timing, there will be a supernatural ease. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Krishna will restore you. Krishna will give you wonderful children. Krishna will vindicate you. If you will simply do your part, be still and remain at rest. In other words, if you patiently and expectantly and excitedly wait for the set time, you will not give birth to the Hranikashipus of this world, but Krishna has demigods in store for you. Now, maybe your situation is taking longer than you thought. It might be harder than anything you've ever experienced in your life before, but can I tell you, that does not mean Maya, the enemy, is getting the best of you. That does not mean that Krishna has forgotten about you. It just means that Krishna is teaching us not to put the all-powerful Lord into a box. God is not going to be bound by our expectations. He's free to keep his promises any way he wants to, even if they are in strange and unexpected ways. For instance, Krishna always promises that he's with us in the region of the heart. And we often interpret that promise to mean that God will not let any harm come to us. Well, that's nice to think. It's a great promise to cling to. But I don't think there's a person in this room who hasn't known some heartache, some disappointment, some loss or tragedy in life. What it means is that Krishna, God's presence with us, does not always shield us from those things, but it means that he will walk with us through our heartache and pain. We don't get a pass on heartache and pain, but we get a passenger through the heartache and pain. A little girl, as the story goes, was in a hospital with a serious illness. The doctors were doing everything that they could possibly do medically, they were losing the battle. Her parents stayed with her constantly. She slipped into a coma. They continued to stay with her, holding her hand, talking to her, making sure that somebody was in the room 24 hours a day. After four days in the coma, the girl miraculously woke up hard to improve. When her parents talked to the little girl about the experience, they asked her, were you scared, honey? When you were in that coma and deathly ill. 
she told them, I was not scared at all because I knew that you were with me. That gave me courage. I wasn't afraid as long as you were in the room. So Krishna, God's not going to shield us from all the heartaches and the misery and the pain of life. There'll be times when even God-conscious people will have to embrace their share of discomfort and suffering. But the difference is that Krishna, God, is with us in our pain, in our heartbreak, in our disappointment. His presence gives us courage, hope, even if it doesn't take away the pain. He doesn't keep his word always in the way that we would expect. He is always faithful. And that faithfulness is what keeps us going happily, excitedly, filling us with hope. One final story. A husband and wife made it a point every year to take their children on a nice family vacation. Year after year, they did it. It was a tradition with them. There's one thing that made their family as strong as it was. One year, the husband just got overwhelmed with his work and his clients and his deadlines. It didn't look as if he was going to be able to get away for a vacation that year. But they made plans anyway, hoping that everything would work out. When it came time for the vacation, the husband just couldn't get away. He helped load his family in the car, packed them up, sent them on the way and waved goodbye from the driveway, promising he would join them whenever he could. He went back to his job and he worked all day, late at night to finish what had to be done. Then he took a taxi, caught a plane, he flew to the family's vacation destination. He got there early in the morning. He took a cab down the road and he had the cab driver let him off on a stretch of the road that he knew his family would be coming by. He stood there for several hours waiting for the car. And when he saw it, he put out his thumb like he was an ordinary hitchhiker. His wife, his children went crazy with joy he had kept his word in an unusual, granted, unexpected, but in a way that they would never forget in their whole life. Their dad had kept his promise. And the fact that he'd done it in an unusual and unpredictable way just made it more memorable. Now, we'd like to have people like that in our lives. We like people who keep their word no matter what. But what's even more important is that we already have, each and every one of us, a God in our life who keeps his word no matter what. So I expect God, or Krishna, not only to keep his word, but this is where the fun comes in, to do it in totally unpredictable, unexpected ways. Krishna never does what we expect, but he always does what we need. Every story in the scripture is a story of Krishna delivering his devotees at their set times, rewarding his devotees for their patience in waiting for their set times. Krishna showers his devotees with favor, blessings, peace, abundance, and love at their set times. And at their set times, Krishna takes his pure devotees back to home, back to God. If any of that sounds good to you, Raise your hands in the air and say along with me. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. Hare Ram, Hare Ram, Ram Ram. 
ಹರಿಹರಿ